welcome to Soulful Sessions, the show that creates a space for people to chat openly about spirituality, personal growth and share their life experiences. We care about allowing people to open up authentically and share their soul. I hope you'll join me on this journey of bringing authentic and conscious content to the world through the voice of my incredible guests. If you love our stuff, remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit us up at SoulfulBod on Instagram. I was someone that was always afraid of my own mind and what that would do to it. When I was traveling through South America and I was meeting people and I was learning more about it, I ended up reading a book on ayahuasca. It just it kept giving me more and more confidence of like, oh, this is like the perfect time to explore mm. my mind deeper. So the more I knew about it, the more comfortable I got with it. I read a detailed book on ayahuasca to have a pretty good feel about, you know, some of the details that would go on. But then I had a recommendation for a shaman. I think that's an important part is you should feel really comfortable with who you're doing this with because it can be a very vulnerable situation. So I had a recommendation from somebody in Peru that I knew well, and she had done it with this guy before. So that gave me a lot more confidence in this guy and in the process. Mm -hmm. So I was comfortable in it and I went to this like little Shipibo village. So it was a small village on the Amazon river. It was not at all touristy. I personally did not want to do a touristy I think experience. that's really important as well is because there's so many like people that go and it's just a touristic thing now. It's not like yeah. what it's meant to, which is like, you know, the plant medicine and stuff. Exactly. And I'd heard that too. So I was, I was very conscious of that. And this was not at all touristy. I was literally, you know, the only person that not, that was a part of the village, which I loved and felt. They really tried to get me involved in all their different activities. But yeah, for me, it was also being in nature and doing it in the Amazon. That was another thing that I thought was important for me is to have that connection to nature, to the plants. And I'd heard stories of people doing it in like cities and hostels in in South America. But for me, it was important to go into nature and connect with nature. Oh, definitely. Um, It was a powerful experience. Yeah, I mean, it is seen as a plant medicine in, in that culture and I understand people have different perspectives of it because maybe they don't fully have uh, been open or read books like you have read a book to understand its yeah. its healing effects. Absolutely, absolutely. During my ceremonies, huge connection with nature that felt very profound. They recommended three ceremonies over six days. Three? Yeah, so Ooh. one every other day. That's heavy. And when they first said that, I was like, all right, you know, I've never... Maybe we can ease into it with one. Mm. Like one seems like that'll be plenty. And they were like, we highly recommend three for the plants to work through the body and clean the body. Maybe you've heard of la limpieza or the cleaning. So there's often a lot of cleansing of your system, which comes out multiple different places. For me, the first two ceremonies, there was a lot of time spent cleaning my body. So Mm -hmm. hours. But yeah, Yeah. like you asked how long that, how long it lasts that effects of the drug and. Yeah, for me, like the first one was many hours. I think it was maybe like six to eight hours, something along along that. And then the second one was also a long, long journey of cleaning my my, my body and my system. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it being longer and maybe like 11 hours and I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. But for me, it was the third ceremony where my body was clearly ready to receive the wisdom of the plants and you know the first couple like I didn't feel anything for the first couple of hours I'm like honestly after my second I was questioning the shaman I was questioning if this guy was legit or not and afterwards I, I remember feeling bad about ever having those thoughts on the third one I took it 
the same dosage that I'd taken the first two. And within 15 minutes, I was tripping hard, seeing mm-hmm. things and colors and images. And so very quickly, like I could just feel the difference in my body, that my body was ready to, to receive the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the wisdom that you receive is very personal to yourself, right? Yeah. I, I was just super impressed and shocked by the way that the way the plants sent their messages like these super powerful personal messages of my own life and the way that they were able to like and that they weren't all clear in the moment of what the message was some of them some of them took me a while to integrate that but it was very personal and very you know I was going very deep into my own mind into my own subconscious mind and some stuff came up for me like I had a bit of a flashback to a childhood memory I kind of recovered and are uncovered again some childhood trauma and it was interesting because I was able to see this moment one specific moment that had this you know huge impact on my personality who I am and the way I act around people and it's really the part of myself that I probably you know don't like the most that I am most critical self-critical of and but it was huge moment for me to like realize that this moment was not integrated and for me like exposing me to childhood trauma has been a huge part of my journey I'm fascinated in trauma and understanding my own trauma more, how trauma is held in our bodies and our psyches. So that's kind of ultimately what led me to yoga. The more I learned about trauma and trauma therapy, the more I realized that yoga is therapy, coming back into the body, feeling the sensations in the body, being with everything that comes up, not trying to suppress any uncomfortable feelings, but really just being with whatever comes up and and to really retrain your system to feel safe in situations where it has been triggered to not feel safe. There was multiple moments that I had in my ceremony, like multiple strong, powerful moments. But that one was particularly powerful and and what it did to my my journey and my path and my self-healing process. Yeah. Wow. A lot of this stuff was quite unconscious before then, quite buried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buried, very deep. Yeah. You know, Mm. it's like the stuff that we don't want to feel like we do everything to avoid because it makes us feel so uncomfortable and just keep pushing it deeper and deeper. But yeah, ayahuasca is like a way to, you know, bring that stuff up to the surface and maybe a lot lot quicker as well, you know, than uh, traditional kind of methods such as therapy and things like that. Yeah. And also meditation. I think meditation Mm. has the same potential as ayahuasca. It just requires much more dedicated practice. Yeah. And, and work whereas ayahuasca is a bit quicker of a as a result you know they have the similar abilities to reach the same place i think with its images of a i guess a drug it's a shame really i think it needs to be sort of understood in the way that you're speaking of it the problem oh, yeah. is i think is people don't understand that it's not just something that you do at a party or in your living room yeah. with friends you know it's a drug that uh, sorry it's a medicine or plant medicine that is to be respected and the way that you use it is also to be respected absolutely mm, and yeah what it has the healing process is it's got to be that's the central reason that you you take ayahuasca i think that for me i knew i was in a place in my life where i was ready to make any changes that were necessary like i i wanted to grow yeah, I think that that's super, that's a very important is to respect them and to respect the power and the wisdom that they bring and to be open-minded for changes that might need to happen in your life. So straight yeah. after, did you find things that you like had to do in your life or you had to change? I wouldn't say it was like that immediate. I think mm. that there was some huge realizations there that I was excited about exploring deeper. 
Okay. And it and it changed perspectives on certain things for me on death and what comes next. Wow. That changed my perspective completely on that. But it, I'd love to know. Yeah. And this is where it gets kind of it Deep. goes to a different yeah, it goes to a different <laughs> level. And you know, I can just say that this is me and my experience. Like you can Yeah. It's very it's unique to it. everybody. It's unique. Yeah, exactly. But for me, like in my experience, I connected with this and it's hard to put words to some of this stuff, you know, but of course. for me, I connected with a spirit or an energy of, of somebody that I had known that was now dead. And it was not someone I knew particularly well, which was interesting. Yeah, she had a- appeared in my ceremony and I knew exactly who it was, but it wasn't like I was seeing like a person in front of me. I was, it was an energy that I just knew who it was. And I communicated to this energy and I was very concerned. I was like, are you okay? And she communicated with me, just overwhelming me with this positive energy and how she's doing incredible and she's in this great place. And so for me, that was a very deep and powerful experience. For me, I am pretty convinced that what I felt and what I experienced and definitely shifted the way that I thought about who we are and Mm -hmm. that I do think that there is more to after this, after I leave this body, I do think that there's there's more there and yeah. all I have is my own experience and it's, uh, my own experiences have led me to to that belief a, a lot of people speak about is this we are just you know souls uh, living a human experience and you know and that these plant medicines and, and things like that and, and meditation as well open you up to this connection to something that's so much greater you know where we originally come from yeah. and those sort of ideas you know, are seen as, as pretty crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. Totally understand how people could be super skeptical of that. And it's just, we're all so unique in all of our different experiences in life. And I think that for me, that's like wisdom is being able to see that in somebody else. They're a totally unique person. I have no idea what it's like to be you because you have a completely unique set of experiences in history. And a lot of it, like we don't have control over the where we were born and the influences in our lives. So for me, exactly. that's wisdom is being able to recognize that in, in everybody, but coming from a place of compassion and recognizing that all of us suffer. That's part of being human is, is there's universal suffering and truly from the depth of your being and your soul, feel compassion towards everybody. It's, it's just the ego again, right? That we sometimes get a bit lost in our own thought. The ego gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, we just we don't know how to deal with it anymore. So we just project our own emotions onto other people. What good does that do? <laughs> Apart yeah. from push people further away from these things that are actually could be really healing for them. Mm. I definitely agree there. I once yeah. heard that the, the ego described as being lost in thought, but not realizing that you're lost in thought. I always liked that. I always resonated with that. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good way of phrasing it because that is the ego. It's you just you can't even pinpoint where it comes from as well. Yeah. You're like, where does this part of me live? Especially when it can be so critical and and judgmental as well mm-hmm. of everything and of people. And you're just like, how did this entity become in my <laughs> in my head? <laughs> yeah, and it's super powerful once you're or when you've had moments where you can see it as that when you see the mind when you see the thoughts as just thoughts i think for me i've had like moments like that in my meditation practice where i've been able to really just observe the mind and not be attached 
to the thoughts that come and go, but to take that step back and to observe the mind is definitely a huge benefit, I think, from a meditation practice. A hundred percent. Super difficult, though. Super difficult. And I struggle still with my meditation practice daily. I struggle. And I think I have this issue with, I guess, spiritual elitism or guruship, you know, where these people, I, I completely agree that some people are capable of reaching this level where you know they can constantly just observe this observe the ego observe the mind but that is a long way off for for everybody for most people especially people that they don't have access to this sort of lifestyle or even the money to you know support this kind of lifestyle of people that can go off to retreats or things like that I think it's important that we understand that the guru people that can do this you know that's not a representation of the majority of us here yeah definitely not yeah that's one of the things I think is really difficult with spirituality and particularly is how do we make it accessible for people that don't have access to these things without becoming these gurus and becoming these (laughs) you know teachers enlightened teachers (laughs) definitely yeah and are you aware of vipassana meditation have you heard of that before no 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 explain no yeah so those these are like the 10 day vipassana meditation retreats they're all over the world actually they're Mm -hmm. literally all over the world the silent retreats it's based off of a buddhist practice but it's non-sectarian so everybody is invited Okay. It's donate. It's donation based, so it, it, you don't you pay what you feel like, whatever your means are, and whatever mm-hmm. you value. The ten days, yeah. ten days of food and lodging, and teaching, and I just for me, I feel so lucky to have been experienced in Vipassana because it's all constantly the teacher who's now dead is preaching that you are your own guru. Like this is not about yeah. like there's no guru. Like you're your own guru. The wisdom of the world is within yourself. Everything you ever need to know is within yourself. And for me, I just feel so lucky to have been exposed to that sort of teaching as my, my really my entry to the spiritual world. Mm. Because since then I've, I've experimented with different meditation techniques, different yoga practices. And I've been interested in learning more about the spiritual world, but I've always had this teachings from Vipassana coming back in my head about what the gurus and like everything is within myself and. I just feel very thankful that I was exposed to that as my as my entry point into this world because it, it, I think it is really valuable to to always remember that. Yeah, I to- I totally agree with you, and I have to look, yeah. into, look into that one because it's it's so central for people to actually you know understand that getting involved in this uh, I guess in this interests or in, in whatever way like whether it's just you start meditating a little bit or you yeah. you know you go full blown into it and really start reading all the books and everything. But it's it's not really about that at the end of the day. It's about, you know, going within and, and finding that space within you that connects with, with the universe in, in a way and connects with that, but not not losing yourself and your own unique identity in the process. I think mm-hmm. that's one mistake massively I made in my spiritual journey was I started it and I was like, you know, and I, I love gigs, right? Who's like a London grime artist. <laughs> I, I had to stop listening to him because it it wasn't spiritual. It wasn't, you know, and I had to stop wearing makeup and enjoying myself. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that was, yeah, the beginning of my journey and just shutting off this part of me that was the human part of me but as you look as you go through it it's like you know you don't need to do that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's just it's integrating right which is like yeah 
super hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just taking it slow. In Spain, they all everybody says poco a poco, and that's something that I am constantly trying to remind myself in this journey. Like little little by little by little. Little. Step, step by step, yeah, poco a poco. I talk to a lot of friends and family that are interested in meditation and starting a practice. I recommend, you know, like there's a lot of incredible apps out there for just you know, with these intro courses of maybe starting five minutes a day and just finding something that works for you. And but also like so many people come to me and like I can't do it. I can't meditate. My mind's too crazy. I've I've heard so many people say the same thing, and I just I try to like remind those people and encourage them that. That's like part of being human is we have these crazy minds that want to be in the past. They want to be in the future. So in that regard, you're not necessarily unique because we all struggle. To, <laughs> we all struggle to be in the present moment. It's not easy for, for anybody. So like kind of embracing the struggles and just taking it slow and being self-compassionate and not self-critical because it's easy to be self-critical, especially in like a meditation practice where the mind just goes oh. so crazy for so oh, long. Yeah. yeah. And when you're Definitely forced understood. to be quiet as well, when you're forced to be with the mind, um, yeah. in meditation, sometimes it gets louder when you, when you, especially when you first start as well. And yeah. Yeah. And days that you're struggling, it gets louder, the, the intrusive thoughts because you've never allowed it a space to be quiet in it before. Definitely. Definitely. Normally we're trying to find distractions to not be with that uncomfortable. Exactly. Like going outside yeah. of ourselves. So how did yoga sort of integrate and end up help like what what to become a teacher and how did you want to Yeah. Yeah, so I think that as I learned more about trauma and I started seeing a tra- trauma therapist here in Spain, specifically the the technique is called somatic experience, it's a body-based therapy and that was really important for me. After ayahuasca, after this vipassana meditation retreat, I started to see how important the body was. So a therapy that worked with the body and not necessarily a talk therapy where I was like talking through things, but I was working with what's actually happening in the body. That just made sense to the things that I was learning and ultimately, you know, to heal myself further. You know, yoga was just a great therapeutic way to continue to create that connection between the body and mind. And I started practicing on my own. And after leaving the corporate world, I I don't have a clear path of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, but all of a sudden, like I had this fire lit in me from meditation and from trauma, from what I was learning in yoga. It's like, wow, this makes so much sense. Like, this is like, you know, what I've been looking for to come to heal myself, to come out of my own suffering. So I knew I wanted to dive all into yoga. I was like, I don't know if I necessarily want to be a teacher. I don't know if I'd be a good teacher, but I want to learn everything. So I was like, the best way to do that would be to go to a teacher training where you learn everything, the philosophy, the physiology, the asana, the everything. So. I knew I wanted to do that. I didn't know where it would take me. And luckily I found a school that was really aligned with, you know, what I believed in yoga and meditation. And it just really, it filled me up even more after my three, I did the three week, 200 hour training. So like the intensive every day, all day. Yeah. It had me more motivated than ever. It's like I had confidence that I could actually do this well. And also believed in what it, what this can do for others even more. I left that being like, okay, maybe I could see myself teaching, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't want to feel pressure. This is like, so this goes so deep for me personally. And I didn't want to be like, jump out there and be like, all right, I'm going to start doing this many classes. I want to need to make this much money for me. I, it's clearly not about money for me being in Spain, having this English teaching job part time to, you know, pay the bills. And then I can like explore yoga and meditation and sharing it with others on the side with no pressure to make money right now has been, has been really nice. I think for me, 
of course we have to make money at the end of the day but exactly, it, but yeah. to explore the journey and to explore the process of yourself stepping into that role without maybe I guess sometimes the imposter syndrome that we feel when we're like do am I suited to this role am I not you know without that sort of intensity or anything revolving around the role you can just see okay how do I naturally fit into this and where is my natural style like a lot of different yoga teachers they have their own kind of unique stamp that they put on their own teachings Definitely. Definitely. And that's what I feel like I've been doing my first few months since the training is trying to find my voice, trying to find my style. And I feel lucky to have a big group of community of people in the U.S. and different groups of friends that have been interested. And so I've been able to keep a pretty regular weekly, biweekly thing going since then. And I just feel thankful that I've had the the ability to keep it going because a lot of people take the trainings and then don't teach. And then they you kind of lose that. I was told And then I got to experience myself that it's really valuable to start teaching immediately after because the reality is you're not ready to start teaching after a 200 hour training. That's the reality of the situation. But the only way to get closer to being ready is by doing it. So I'd heard that advice and I I took it to heart and uh, it was vulnerable, you know, teaching thing that that you're not totally comfortable teaching. And, Mm. but I do feel much more confident with where I'm at now and what I have to offer. So definitely. Yeah. The money thing. Yeah, it's always the money. <laughs> yeah, the money thing is complicated, and it's something I'm thinking about more now. And mm-hmm. I like the idea of like a donation-based model where I can yeah. get like a suggested donation, but not making it clear that this is not totally expected. So, no, no, of if you feel motivated and inspired to give a donation, then I'm, I'll receive it. But I'm not giving you this with the expectation of receiving anything. It's like selfless Definitely. service. I think as well talking about the the money thing as well when we actually do things from a place of service and to be of service of other people sometimes money comes from that because you know you're not creating from ego and you're creating from a place that is to be of service of others and money comes from that because money is energy at the end of the day and you know you're creating that that positive energy the universe in a way kind of wants to support you to be able to do that because you're impacting other people's lives yeah I like that you got me more motivated to yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. so it it is like just a way to I guess you know look at it it's just everyone's got to put their unique talents out in the world and everyone has a different different one some people are best suited to the corporate world and their talents lie there you know Um, but Mm -hmm. it has to be you know what sets your soul on fire and what can you create from that part of you and I'm I'm sure you're the same as myself. I spent a long time running from <laughs> what my soul wanted me to do. And I was, you know, listening to what my mind wanted me to do, which is not always the best thing. I can relate with that. I think yeah. Know, yeah. 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 And I, I was going to ask, actually, I was interested by what you said about like the body with yoga and stuff. I feel like the body's always forgotten about in um in healing. You know, we talk about going to therapy and talking, which obviously has its place, but I'm really interested by the idea that that trauma is actually stored in the body. Yeah. And it's something that I'm still, I don't feel like I'm totally qualified to speak of all the details on. I can, I, again, I can just stay to my From your understanding experience. of it. Yeah. yeah, but it is, it's really fascinating. The somatic experiencing work was developed by a guy that studied animals in the wild for 30, 40 years. And he was studying how they go through these traumatic situations. They go through these near death experiences but they're able to shake it off and continue on with their lives as if nothing happened. But us humans, we often trap 
it in our bodies and we can't integrate the experience and it comes up as these negative symptoms maybe down the line and what and so his he was trying to figure out why and and it's just it's interesting for me i've i've been able to see we didn't have the resources or the resilience in the in the moment to handle this overwhelming situation so something whatever was was happening was so overwhelming that the nervous system decided that it was too overwhelming to feel so there's different responses to trauma you know there's fight or flight and the shutdown and for me like i experienced the shutdown where i i just shut everything down to where i couldn't feel but in regards to like in the body, you can see it in, in my work. Like I, I can see it in my hands. A lot of times when I'm meditating, I'll notice my hands clenching up. And so that's like something, for example, that my therapist and I will work through. And, and there's certain things in my past that we can point to. There, there's even like a moment that I can point to that wow. triggers this physiological movement in my body. With the work, it's important. Like they always talk about the window of tolerance and trauma is so different. That's another thing I think is so important to recognize is it's such a complicated topic for so many different areas. And it's being able to allow the body to go through that natural process. So there was a natural process that got halted in that moment. It couldn't finish. It couldn't release the energy. And yeah. you know, a, lot, a lot of times with trauma, you're like in a situation where you can't escape. Normally you would run to get out out of the situation to find safety, but for whatever reason you're trapped. So that's like often when this this shutdown comes in because you're trapped and you couldn't do what the body needed to do to escape the situation. So then, like what we're trying to do with this work is to allow the body to release to go through that process that it was unable to complete in the moment, because oh, we're yeah. continuing we're continuing to relive that moment by these external triggers that, yeah. that cause us to feel fear basically when there's no fear. So something in our environment triggers us to feel like we're in danger when the reality is most of the time we're not in danger. So you live from this kind of heightened state of the nervous system thinking it's in danger. And so obviously that comes with all these negative symptoms. Mm. And so we're trying to retrain the body to feel safe, retrain the nervous system to feel safe and to allow the body to go through that natural process that it was unable to do in the traumatic situation. This is my understanding of the work, and no, but there's a lot more educated people that can speak much more <laughs> yeah, eloquently than I can. I, I, I do honestly believe, like, it, although we have levels of obviously people being much more experts in, in certain fields and stuff, you know, experience itself is gives you validation to talk about something as long as you say this is my personal experience yours might be different but it does give us a place to be able to share the wisdom to other people because experience is one of the greatest ways that we learn things i just think for me like i read about a lot of these trauma professionals like this guy who's been studying for 30 40 years like there's these people that are so incredibly informed and knowledgeable and for me it feels like i can feel my self-critic being like who are you to, <laughs> to talk about this and put these ideas into people's minds? Like, but I, I do agree with what you're saying about speaking from my own experience. There's yeah, exactly. That I can do. Yeah. Mm, and I think yeah. you're not qualified to maybe give therapy in this way. Like, yeah. that's that's important to know. You know, like if someone you know was to be like, "Can you help me in this way?" You would want to point them in the direction of a professional. Exactly. Person. Yeah. But exactly. it doesn't take us away from the place of being here, going, "Okay, this is my experience." This is what I went through and this is what could actually really help you because yeah. now you've heard my story of how it helped me. I hope that it can be beneficial. And even if, you know, one person listens into this and has never heard about yeah. somatic therapy before, 
this might yeah. open a door for them, you know, which is yeah. why it's so important to share your experience regardless yeah. of your qualified qualified or not. Yeah. And for me, just like having a story that made sense, like what was going on in the body, like some of these anxieties that I've felt for so much of my life, this insecurities and like, but then having this the science backed you know, model that was like telling me what was happening in the nervous system that, that was making me feel like that was just like such a big moment for me to like understand what was going on more. And that's really when I started cultivating the self-compassion, which is a huge component of trauma because there's so much shame often involved with trauma is to realize that the body had your best interest at heart. It was trying to protect me in that moment. It recognized that I was vulnerable and I was not ready. I didn't have the resources and resilience to handle the situation. So it shut down. So I didn't have to feel that. The problem is that it gets stuck in our system and we get older where we do have the resources and resilience, but it's still having this crippling effect on us. And we don't recognize it, right? Is that? Yeah. Cause we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you start seeing what's the body is doing and that you have the ability to retrain it, it's super powerful stuff. I think in the time before we've actually done these healing tools of, of things like meditation and yoga and, and whatever it is that works for you, we actually start thinking that these emotions are things that are happening in the present. So, you know, your boyfriend broke up with you and you feel these grieving, particularly for me, myself, is like the abandonment. But, you know, and at the time I was like, oh, it's because my boyfriend's been horrible to me, has left me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when I started on that process, it, a lot of these emotions were actually stemming from childhood wounds and childhood yeah. traumas. And yeah. Because we're in that moment and we feel these emotions, we project them as well onto the other person who's in the situation. And and I think it's so important to like share these things because we know, like you said, trauma is so complex. To be able to access it and access what traumas you've been through and how they've affected the person you are now is is so central to becoming a person who's more functional in the world. Absolutely. You're speaking yeah. My <laughs> yeah, yes. But yeah. it's hard. It's it's a hard yeah. process and but um I think awareness is everything. It really is. Yeah. I actually did a video on my Instagram this morning. Uh well no, not this morning, a couple of hours ago. It was just talking about how I've just had a shit day and, you know, lots of intrusive thoughts and things like that. And just to say to to people that, you know, these thoughts are so normal, but just the awareness is the the thing that takes you from allowing them to take over your life to allowing them to just be integrated into your life and to like come from the place of knowing that this is going to change this will ultimately change yeah the bad and the good like once you come from that place it can be really Mm -hmm. liberating definitely like it's sick uh, i can't say the word circular (laughs) circular (laughs) you know life kind of goes in these like flows that's why that it is so important to talk about these things, but not from the perspective of the elitist. <laughs> yeah. Sharing from your suffering is really important. I think yeah. even though we were going to, this was meant to be a pre-interview, it's basically been the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, yeah. maybe it's good that she was recording it because you got me, I can feel when I get energized and you yeah. got me energized. I think so, yeah. So I think, you know, sometimes it's good when you've got that flow going on, it's just, you know, just step in and do it then. But when I usually do the podcast, I end it with a, with a quick question. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it for you now. Okay. <laughs> so it's just, I want you to share a message from your soul. So this might be something that someone might need to really hear in this moment. You are enough. May you be happy and may you be peaceful. Beautiful. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> 
I think that's nice. I think that's really important as well is that that peacefulness because we've just talked about the chaoticness of life, you know, and I think (laughs) peaceful is something that we all crave but don't necessarily understand. (laughs) So I think that's a really lovely word to, to, to finish up and sort of encapsulate the conversation for sure yeah cool yeah Great. I, think, yeah, I don't know so, if, you're, yeah, if I needed to expand more no just, no no I think it's just whatever comes in you know whatever comes yeah. in the moment from the conversation like this yeah. is this is what the podcast is, is for you know it's just yeah. uh, authenticity and creating that space to share these things and there's no there's no you know oh it's not more than <laughs> five lines. I need you to redo it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like no. that. It's, it seems like a really cool project you got going on. So it's, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. A pleasure to be involved and contribute in any manner that I can. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad I've had you had you on. <laughs>